0: Hi, hello, I'm Marty. Welcome to my new podcast called Attention Grab. Ignore the difference in audio as I just finished editing Uh, and I actually forgot to record an intro. So, this is my intro right now. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the following stuff. So, how's my day been? It's been interesting to say the least. uh, Today, like, today was my first school day. Fourth, I'm recording this on the 4th of September. And, you know, it's been interesting. I have moved. I'm going to a new high school now. And, you know, it's been interesting. It's been fun. The new class is fun. The chemistry is there. Chemistry teacher is also fun there. Like, it's really good, but, like, the, um... Uh, the school itself is like very old and like I think renovations are kind of going to be starting next year so it like the building is quite old and like there's no AC so of course I'm like boiling at the moment because it is still one heck of a ve- weather like like it's really hot right now anyways welcome welcome now i'm going to tell you a story from r petty petty revenge by corporate Sharkbait it was posted 16 hours ago so here's the title stranger put their clothing in with ours like this is a short one but like i think it's gonna be good don't think i'd have a good enough petty story but this happened a few hours ago mouth revenge put laundry in in an apartment complex washing machine, and when to go do airing do errands, assuming they would be ready for the dryer when we got back. Come back and see that the washer we swore we started says it has 30 minutes left. Odd. Turns out, turned out, someone who had a small handful of underwear and shirts decided on the bright idea of mixing their laundry in with ours and rerunning the cycle ended up sorting through the soaked wet pile to find ours, strained the water back into the machine, and threw their clothing back in the water with the lid open so it won't run. If we have to now run two dryer cycles, since someone decided on this brilliant plan, we can at least delay them getting their their clothing done longer. We did think about even more petty options like putting their clothing outside but the complex has cameras outside so we decided against it like this story it's a short one but it's a good one like don't put your own laundry in with someone else's like at least like if you don't like i can see like two like main reasons why to do this. First one is that you don't have a lot of laundry. So you would be like, sort of wasteful if you like put in like on its own, right? Another reason might be because you don't have the money to put your own laundry in. So you put with somebody else's. Don't do that. Like, don't. It's not worth it. Like you, your laundry could be like displayed like as a freaking token and the apartment complexes a uh, laundry room don't do it ever like don't i uh, i would have definitely like um put the clothes on the ground obviously um but yeah so that's my take on it but yeah to learn from this don't put your laundry in with somebody else's Especially if you don't know that person. This is from r slash pro revenge. From the user campfire in conifers. And the title is an attorney's dream case. My parents versus the bank. Let's get into it. In 1973, my parents had enough money to build a little ranch house in the country. The small bank in town approved this mortgage and the bank signed a contract to give bob the money to build the house bob as it turns out was overbooking himself all over town leaving his clueless minions to do the actual work the bill took longer and longer with more and more work having to be ripped out and redone we're not talking about using the wrong color paint or nailing up some wonky trim here The architect forgot to fully erase a line on the blueprints, and the framers built a wall throughout the bathtub. My mother was told, don't put anything heavy in the kitchen cabinets, because they were attached to the drywall. Not the studs, using using a few roofing nails throughout the back of each cabinet. The garage door opening was framed into the living room instead towards the driveway, and so on. When the bank's representative showed up for the final inspection, my parents met him in the front yard and refused to sign off on Bob's work. Then the representative became angry as the bank had paid a lot of money to Bob. He strode to the front door and pulled on the doorknob, whereupon the entire door, casing included, fell on him. It had simply been wedged, not nailed, into place. The bank called Bob, who finally showed up to supervise the work himself. The only problem was that Bob wasn't any better at building a house than his minions were. My parents still refused to sign off on the house. My mother was a A A H M in a nasty rental, with two tiny children, while my dad was working two jobs while this was going on. Throughout the entire process, the bank and Bob treated them very poorly, bullying my mom and lying to my dad. What should have been an exciting time for my parents was ruined. My mom cried a lot. My dad got depressed. Finally, the bank threatened my parents with foreclosure and Bob threatened to sue my parents for breach of contract because the bank refused to pay him any more money. So my exhausted parents went to an attorney and gave him the rundown. Plumbing, electrical, tiling issues, the whole sorry mess. My parents were scared. All they had was their small down payment savings. So if this became a lengthy court battle, the bank and Bob would win. The attorney, Tom, was kind, but my dad said he could tell that he and mom were doomed from Tom's facial expressions as he sorted throughout the paperwork. Then, abruptly, Tom smiled. Let's get everyone together for a meeting, he told my parents. Tomorrow. So my parents, Tom, the bank's representative, the bank's attorney, Bob, and Bob's attorney, met at the bank. Tom didn't give anyone else time to begin, he said, Well, my clients have decided that they no longer want this house. Please remove it. Everyone else started to laugh. Remove it? Have you lost your mind? Tom, in a sweeping theatrical gesture, placed a deed on the table. My clients own the land the house is sitting on outright. They no longer want the house. Get the house off my client's land. Bob's attorney stared at the deed and then turned and stared at Bob. You built a house on land you don't own? Bob nodded. The bank's attorney started yelling at the bank's representative. You didn't finance the land the house is on? The Representative stammered, uh, no. The bank's attorney started yelling Tom said firmly, as I said, gentlemen, you are trespassing on my client's land. I expect the house to be removed and the land returned to its original state at once. My dad said he'll remember the blank looks everyone on the other side of the table passed to one another for his whole life. Sure, the bank could foreclose on a house that wouldn't exist by the end of the week, with no way to recoup the money. They didn't even own the land it was on. But Bob was out the 50% he'd paid out of pocket. Plus, he was on the hook for tearing down the house and removing it. On top of that, the bank would undoubtedly want him to repay the initial 50% they'd given him. Could they have gone after my parents? Sh- sure. A foreclosure would mean bad credit for my parents moving forward. They might lose their down payment, but to sign off on the house in its condition at the time would have meant thousands and thousands of dollars in cash to replace slash repair everything from the roof to the basement before the house could even be safely lived in. The bank knew my parents didn't have that kind of money. They're the ones who approved the mortgage suddenly my parents were good people it was all such a misunderstanding and the bank and bob couldn't do enough for them the house was brought in line with the original blueprints and specifications immediately at no extra cost to my parents but at a considerable cost to bob my parents signed the mortgage bob got the rest of his money and just about broke even on the build, the Banks representative was fired, and Tom, attorney extraordinaire, got a stinging tale of triumph to recall to fellow attorneys for the rest of his life. For clarification, before you question this tale, please remember that 1973 was 50 years ago. Banks did things differently back then, Smaller rural banks, in particular, were not run the same way the bigger city banks were. There were far fewer federal regulations, and in a smaller community, people didn't always follow them anywhere. I'm pretty sure they don't always follow them now either. Yes, they built a wall throughout the bathtub. No, I'm not making this up. I even left out how a plumber left his lunch bag on a... Partially built kitchen cabinet, but the cabinet maker didn't feel it was his job to move the bank, so he left it there and built the rest of the cabinet around it. I don't know where Bob found these people, but they were gems. Every one of them. Edit. I must admit I'm immensely surprised at the traction that the story has gotten... The bank and Bob put together a very poorly written and pretty much unenforceable contracts. My parents' attorney figured this out, and the bank and Bob had to back off. I thought this was interesting, but surely not the one and only time this has happened. Aren't their contracts being written all the time by clueless people? Is this really that unique? I guess we should be glad it is. Thanks for reading. I mean, whoa. What? What? I mean, yeah, it was 1973. That was 50 years ago. But still, what? It is like, whoa. Like, these people. How can you be so, like, lazy to do this shit, like, so fucking wrong? And not even question it. What? These... Opie, you are right. These people are gems. Bob, he's a gem himself. So this next one comes from Am I the Asshole? By the user ImpressiveWing8298. Am I the butthole for having my nephew move in with me after he was disowned? My kids are angry with me. I am 50s have two kids, Jamie, M, 24, and Mia, female, 22, their mother being my ex-wife, Sarah, at female, 50s. Our marriage fell apart when Mia was still in diapers. Sarah was having an affair with my younger brother, and she became pregnant with my nephew, Caleb, male, 20. Sarah and my brother ended up getting together, Although eventually my brother abandoned them and packed his bags and moved to another state when Caleb was around too, and to this never sees his son. We had shared custody of Jamie and Mia, but they gradually chose to spend more and more time at my home when they became teenagers, as they felt that their mom liked Caleb better than them. Since lockdown, Sarah has changed a lot as a person. She Rejected her life to Christ and joined a very cult like online church. Recently, someone from his college outed Caleb as gay, and Sarah has disowned him as her son and ever so graciously gave him a week to get out of her house. Sarcasm, of course. I reached out to Caleb and told him that he is welcome to stay with me for free so that he can finish college. There's no way I could watch a family member become homeless without trying to help them. After some talking things out, he moved in, and I had him take Jamie's old bedroom. My kids haven't lived at home in a while now, so I have the space. And it's actually quite nice to have Caleb's company. The problem is that Jamie and Mia are both extremely upset with me for letting Caleb move in, considering their history with him and Sarah showing him favoritism. They say that there are other family members who could have taken him in, my parents offered, but they do live in another country, and that I should have asked them beforehand to consider their feelings. Jamie now even refuses to let me see my infant granddaughter until I get Caleb to leave. If I am an asshole, how can I make this right? This is a touchy subject for me, and like... Like, I think this comment from... Uh, the salted fish, is like, mm, like gets me through. Let me get this right: your adult children have moved out, and yet they think they can tell you who you can move in. The minute they grew up and moved out, they relinquished any kind of say in the household, with little they ever had. And the favoritism they're whining about, a, is in Caleb's fault, b. Obviously, wasn't enough to protect Caleb from his homophobic mother. You're not just saving a family member from the streets. You're providing shelter for a young gay man who otherwise would be far worse off. I'd be really disappointed in my kids if they did this, not the asshole. And yeah, this comment, this comment really, like, puts the main things in together. Like, they, those kid, your kids have nothing to do with you, or Caleb, or you, your household, they choose their own path, who they talk to, who they're not, and they can not force an ultimatum on you, done deal, anyways, thank you all for listening, this was my first ever episode, so, of course, it's gonna be a bit shorter, if you want longer, I can post longer, and if you want video content, I can also post video, I have no problem with that, you're just gonna see me, like, reading the stories, like, whatever I decide to do with this, Regardless, I'll try to post every Wednesday at 12 Eastern European Standard Time. Okay. Thank you for listening. I will see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.